Monday Night Football just kicked off. Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati. And um, I was watching Juju Smith-Schuster in the pregame working on his TikTok game, LZ. LZ, you got any TikTok in you? Uh, I briefly entertained the idea, and then I didn't have enough time to follow through. Yeah. Are you a TikToker? I'm starting to watch TikToks, but I still haven't figured out really how to make TikToks. And everybody's TikToks look so highly produced that I don't want to put out garbage. I understand that. I understand wanting to. You're professional. You want to make sure you look good. Yeah, that's all. Just don't do those family dancing TikTok things that's been going around. It's, yeah. It's tired and it's, you know, in some cases it's tragic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yesterday's loss to the Jets. Was tragic. Like yesterday's loss to the Jets. I, I literally put my phone down and did not pick it back up until this morning. I didn't want to hear from people. I didn't hear any. I didn't want to hear any takes. I didn't want to hear any any quotes from the game. I didn't want any analysis. I turned the television off and walked away. You know, S- Steve tried to talk to me and then he got one word answers and knew this was not a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't joking. I tried to smoke some pot to like take my mind off of things, and all I could do was just the anger burned through the high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was it was just such a disappointing performance from the entire franchise, like from every aspect of it. It was disappointing, and I was just like, "We're supposed to be celebrating ten wins and a playoff spot." Because the winless team that is, for the most part, trying to be winless uh, is coming to town. And we're playing some of our best football. Now, I will say this. And, Greg, you found the statistics for me, so I really appreciate it. Um, I am also a person who strongly believes when it comes to the NFL, you don't want to come in to the postseason with too high of a win streak. You want the sting of defeat to be relatively close before you head into the postseason because you don't want to have to be reminded what it's like to lose during the game. You want that memory to be relatively fresh. Greg, what was those numbers that you found for us? So for the last five Super Bowls, in so last year the, the Super Bowl winners was the Chiefs and they had a six-game winning streak. But last year the Ravens went into the postseason with a 12-game winning streak and lost in the division series. So Mm -hmm. that was the longest winning streak. In 2018, there was two teams with four-game winning streaks, and neither one of them went further than the the division series or division playoffs. The Pats won, and they only had a two-game winning streak. 2017, the Chiefs lost in the wild card. They had a four-game winning streak. The 49ers actually ended the season on a five-game, and they didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, but the Eagles won, and they came into the into the postseason with losing one game. Uh, the, in 2016, the Pats actually went against what you were saying. The Pats won the Super Bowl. They had a seven-game winning streak, and but they beat the, Stale- the Steelers, who also had a seven-game winning streak. And in 2015, the Chiefs had a, came in with a 10-game winning streak, lost in the division round, and the Broncos won the Super Bowl with only two wins going in. So two and three. It went two and three over the last five years to have a, a longer than four game. Yeah, no, the Broncos. The Broncos. There we go. Okay. Yeah, I just Browns, want. I, right. I just. <laughs> They've been gone. I, I thought I heard you say Browns. I'm like going, dude, slow your roll. Slow your roll. <laughs> I just oh. hope LZ that that this loss, which by the way, it, it, again, as as emotional people will say, tragic. People won't believe in the Rams. The season's over. I'm just telling you that that 
Think about it like this. Everything you said at the beginning of the year. First thing we got to do, win the division. Well, guess what? The next two games, you win them both, you can win the division. But let me ask you this question, LZ, and then we'll grab some of these calls. When you take a team to a Super Bowl like Sean McVay took the Rams two years ago, how much time does that buy you if the team isn't sniffing going back? So last year they didn't make the playoffs, and this year we're going to see how the next two games play out. How much time does a Super Bowl appearance buy a coach in your opinion? I think it all depends upon how management and ownership feels about the Super Bowl appearance. In other words, if they view the Super Bowl appearance as ahead of schedule, then I think the coach who took you there has a lot of cushion until a losing season happens. But if the trip to the Super Bowl was expected, meaning you made roster moves, you went all in on veterans and things of that nature to get to the Super Bowl and you don't win, then I would say that you know, as soon as you get a losing record, you probably are on the clock. Now, all intents and purposes, Sean McVay is lined up still to win 11 wins, if not 10 wins. But it's double digits and a playoff spot and quite possibly a division. So any notion of Sean McVay is on the clock or anything right now, I think is a little premature. However, if there comes a point in which he's like 8-8 eight and eight, and there's no more trips into the conference uh, final or anything like that, um, then I could hear people start wondering like, okay, what's going on here, blah, blah, blah. Though, you know, Bill Cowher as well as Mike Tomlin, both in, you know, both of the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have had similar sort of lulls, ebbs and flows and lulls in their uh, coaching tenure during the, the time with the Steelers. And the organization stuck with them for the better. So I would hope because Sean McVay has just been tremendous for us, that we lean more towards that philosophy. Recognizing yeah, think- that, you know, teams are, go- teams are going to lose. And every year is not going to be your year. But you got the right guy. Yeah, and, and and it's a question. I mean, listen, I'll say this. When when Sean McVay was hired, he was this young, hotshot guy. And what did he do? He hired Wade Phillips, who was an old, sage guy at that point and and could help a young head coach. And as coaches have come and gone, one of the things that defines a head coach is how he replaces assistant coaches. There's a new offensive, defensive, and special teams coordinator this year. And, and special teams, frankly, have been a problem to have a punt blocked yesterday in a game of that magnitude. Ridiculous, especially against the opponent. Um, so I'm with you. I think that, that you've bought yourself time, but if you're trending downward, um, eventually the shine rubs off. Let me go to the calls LZ and see what the fans think out there. Here's Chris in LA, Chris, it's Sedano and LZ Kaplan in for Sedano. You're on 710 ESPN. What do you say? Hey guys, I think, uh, I think five years because of Sean McVay splashing on the scene and coming back to LA for the Rams and all that. And he, went to the Super Bowl, so I agree with LZ. It kind of depends on the situation. But this is what I want you to do, LZ. I, I appreciate your ability to step back and look at things analytically. So what has Sean McVay actually done? Now, back when he had Wade Phillips and he was able to use his iPad and sit there and, and speak with Goff and, 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 and design these incredible plays, that was great. You know, then they would go to the Super Bowl, but he's only able to scheme up three points in the Super Bowl since then, the Rams have been incredibly up and down. Jared Goff is probably one of the most up and down quarterbacks in the league, so he hasn't really developed him. So I just think that kind of boy wonder kind of thing on Sean McVay is kind of wearing thin, in my opinion. Um, 
And it may be because he doesn't have Wade Phillips there and he can only concentrate, uh, you know, where he can only concentrate on the offense. I don't know. But those two play calls yesterday, to me, are indicative of something different than with Sean McVay or the league is catching up to him or something. But I think that, what did that Bill Belichick boy say? wonder thing is just kind of kind of getting kind of thin. What did Bill Belichick say after the game? He, I'll tell you what he said. He walked up to McVay, shook his hand, and he said, you guys kicked our ass. That's what he said. Straight That's what up. he said. The GOAT. Mm-hmm. The GOAT. I think this notion that Sean McVay is still writing this boy wonder narrative, I think is, is false. Um, I think the boy narrative, wonder, uh, narrative died last season. The question was whether or not he's been found out or whether or not he can adjust. I think we found out that he can adjust considering where he is right now, position to get back in the postseason, position to get the division back again. And don't overestimate the impact of an injured Todd Gurley in the Super Bowl clearly had on the overall plans for the Rams. Todd Gurley just got benched in Atlanta, presumably because the guy that, you know, that we had last season showed up in Atlanta this season. (laughs) He's not 100% healthy. And it's evident now. That's what we had at running back. But when you gave him Cam Akers against the, the, the Patriots. Now, granted, Tom Brady wasn't there, so obviously that impacted the way that the defense was able to keep them, you know, secured. However, on our offensive side, Cam got whatever the hell he wanted, and that ain't got nothing to do with Tom Brady. So it just, makes me wonder how that Super Bowl cap would have turned out if we had a healthy running back. It, it is it is something that, obviously, you know, we, we could look back on it because, remember, um, really, Gurley wasn't healthy probably the last quarter of the season and certainly not through the playoffs but right i think ultimately when i when i ask this question of of how long does a coach get what kind of rope does he have i think that when you look at sean mcveigh a lot of people ridicule anthony lynn and his clock management issues when you look at yesterday in the third quarter as the jets are on the one yard line and they call a timeout and then mcveigh has to call a timeout coming out of a timeout that you need later in the game that's a communication problem amongst coaches and players and that's on the head coach you know, yeah, and I think no, no, that no, it is. And I think that there's some some legit criticism. And and I'll just say one other thing real quick. You know, everybody blames the coach or the play calling for the last third down and fourth down plays. You know, again, go back and watch this play if you guys get a chance and watch how open Acres is and how Goff doesn't look at him. So is the is the play designed only to go outside to to one on one coverage, or is the play designed to look around and possibly check down if the player's covered? It, it, the player's open and available, but the throw is five inches too short, and that's got to be a perfect throw if you're going for a home run ball. Yep. yep. So I, I think there's, there's plenty of blame to go around. There's lots of people who want to get on the air, but LZ, let me talk so, to you coming up about Kyle Kuzma's new contract. Are you ready to get there? Mm-hmm. Is, I can't, does he say if he's healthy, he's going to opt in, and if he's not, then you know who knows? <laughs> no, no. No, that's Kawhi. We'll get back to Kawhi. Right. Stick around. Kuz has a new contract, and the Lakers are ready to tip off tomorrow night against the Clippers. How different is your perspective going into this opener versus last year's opener? Let's get to that next. This is Sedano and LZ. Kaplan in for Sedano on 710 ESPN.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedano and LZ on 710 ESPN. I actually just got mesmerized by the lyrics, so I just didn't say anything. (laughs) Dude, (laughs) this was one of the greatest moments I've seen in a television comedy. Maybe maybe since, oh Jesus, I'm trying to think. What was funnier than this recently? It's been put it this way. A little bit of Lexi is the funniest song I've heard on a sitcom since Phoebe sang Smelly Cat. <laughs> now, what? Smelly Cat is a funny song. I don't like the show, but Smelly Cat is a funny song. What song is this from what, from what sitcom? Smelly Cat? No, no. I got friends. I got oh, the this reference. One? This yeah. was from Shit's Creek. A little bit of Lexi. Oh, you know what? I had a hard time with that show. You, you got into it? You watched the whole series? Oh, God, I crushed it. Really? Not only did I crushed it, I had an opportunity to uh, interview the um, showrunner, who was Dan Levy, mm-hmm. uh, as well as many of the uh, actors and actresses from the show for various projects. Um, I, I think the show is brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. It's a wonderful uh story about family and how, all the characters grow and Catherine O'Hara is a genius I just love it all how far into it because I I feel like I started it and I was probably about two three four episodes into it and it just what it was kind of like better call Saul like I loved the original um and breaking and I bad. just did you like Breaking Bad love Breaking Bad okay did you see better call Saul yep and so for me, I love Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. I watched about the first two episodes. I'm like, this isn't this isn't something I feel like I have to watch. Kind of like Ray Donovan. Like I kind of bailed out of Ray Donovan probably yeah. four or five seasons in. So I haven't seen all of Shit's Creek. So it's you like it and it's, and it's that worthwhile. I, was, I mean, everybody brags yeah, about it. I get it. That's Greg. I felt the season one was the worst season. Yeah, season one it was kind of slow, but then once you started really seeing them within the town and and interacting with everybody, it's it's incredible. And I love Eugene Levy. I freaking love Eugene oh, Levy. He's so good. He's so funny. Um, one of my favorite movies as a kid was Splash with Eugene Levy and Tom Hanks, which I don't know why. I guess Daryl Hannah also. It was called Splash, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, where yeah. she was a mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So anyway, hey, listen, let me let me switch the conversation. We've been talking a lot of Rams, although, Greg, is there a, a piece of breaking news that's happening amongst uh, right around the Rams? Right yes, now? there is. Cam Akers does have a high ankle sprain. He left the game on Sunday and came back despite it. But he is going to be out next week and possibly longer. Oh, wow. Mm. Just when we're talking about the running game Man. and one week it's on one week it's off. You know, who's now instead of a three headed monster, just a, you know, a, a feature back. And now this kid's hurt. Mm. That's terrible. It's it's terrible for him because he's having his breakout finally this season. And terrible for the Rams, you know, who know what it's like to enter the postseason without a healthy running game. Yep. Yeah, just talking about that. It, it it's unfortunate again to to say the least to lose that game yesterday at home. 
but but again, if you wake up today, you say to yourself, okay, it was bad, it was ugly. McVay says it's embarrassing. By the way, the Sean McVay show is coming up at 6 o'clock. So if you're a Rams fan, you need to stick around. Laker fans should stick around as well because Laker talk coming up at 7.30 and Kyle Kuzma will be Alan Sliwa's guest. So speaking of Kuzma, let's talk about this, LZ. What did you think when the story broke yesterday that Kuz got a new deal? Three-year extension, $40 bucks. What did you think, LZ? First thing I thought was good for him. Good for him. You know, he wanted to get paid, and he's got a nice little bump. Second thing that I thought was, he's probably going to get traded. Oh, man, that's what I thought. That's exactly (laughs) what I thought. It's like, you know, a a three-year extension. Now, all of a sudden, a team is going, okay, if I get him, I can keep him. Right. As opposed to I can get him and he may bounce. So, I I, I go back and forth on him as I'm sure a lot of Lakers fans do, you know, three out of the four uh, preseason games, he looked like that third option that we were hoping he would be for his last season. And then, you know, the one game that AD has a great game, he throws up a stinker again. And that has been the issue. An inability to to be able to properly complement, you know, LeBron and AD. You know, it's like, ah, oh, man, you were really good in those first few games, but LeBron and AD didn't play in the first one, and they didn't really play in the second one. And it's like, oh, man. But as soon as AD starts being AD, you give us single digits and poor shooting again. Meanwhile, THT, who's been nipping at your heels, has another brilliant performance. So and let I me think, ask you this. I but- think, Cap, THT finished the preseason 50-40-90, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is – I don't care if it's preseason, regular season, postseason. You have a stretch of four games that you can have a 50-40-90 stretch in. That's impressive. Kid had a great preseason. He really did. And, and I wonder this. Let me, let me ask you this. Look five years into the future. Mm-hmm. Is Kyle Kuzma anybody's – let me rephrase it. Is he capable of being anybody's number one player on their team? Yes. Okay. So you think he's got it to be a number one, to be a guy who is the face of the franchise, is the yep. guy who carries the team, he's yep. the leader, he's the number yep. one guy. Yep, he's certainly capable of doing that. Absolutely. Okay, so I I look at him a little differently. Okay. I look at him as a complementary piece of a puzzle. I don't look at him as a number one guy. Maybe I'll be proven way off here, but... I just wonder, the same thing you wondered. When they signed him, I thought the exact same thing. Like, hey, good for this young guy. You know, uh, for somebody who's been, you know, kind of seems very sensitive to all the talk about him, and you've pointed out, and I think rightly so, like he's probably tired of answering the same freaking question. Like maybe somebody should come up with an original question other than, so, um, Kuz, what's your role going to be this year? Like, right. I can understand him saying, I don't know, and I don't really want to answer it anymore. It's kind of gotten old. I, I got it. But to me, you're a young guy who gets drafted by the Lakers. Then all of a sudden, here comes LeBron and AD. You're now a piece of their puzzle. It's why you've become famous. It's why you've become rich. It's why you have a contract with a company like Puma. You're a part of their puzzle. And I just wondered when I saw him get signed yesterday, I thought to myself, okay. LeBron extended, AD's got five years. Are they building their core, or do they have control of this young guy now and they can shop him 
and see what else they can get. Because here's what I would ask you, LZ. Mm -hmm. Do the Lakers need Kyle Kuzma based on the roster they've built? Yeah, I would say so. You know, you can't have too many wing players, and Kyle Kuzma is a wing player. Um, and he's young, and he's someone that you can throw out there when you have 20 points leads heading to the third quarter or fourth quarter who can continue to get buckets so you don't have to keep playing LeBron. So, yeah, I like him being part of our team. I understand why people don't like him. I understand why he may get traded. But, you know, you asked me earlier if he could be the number one, and my answer to you is yes. But he can't be the number one for a championship contender. So the question becomes, what's mm. more important to him? Making, you know, a minimum amount of money or a decent amount of money, rather, and being one of the guys or being the number one, having some team overpay to get you and keep you. And, you know, you end up toiling away, maybe making a postseason here or there, but never really threatening to win a championship. What's important to you? Are you Trevor Ariza, where you win the chip with the Lakers and then you go get the bag? And then never smell what the finals again, <laughs> you know? Or are you are is winning really what you're all about? And you're happy with the contract you have. You love the idea that you guys might repeat, and you want to get those rings. I don't know what kind of player he is, but we're going to find out, I guess. Would I rather be the number six on LeBron and AD's championship Laker team, or would I rather be the one? And by the way, this is just in theory. Mm -hmm. of the Sacramento Kings. Right. That's the question. You know, it was, remember the great Carmelo Anthony had the same sort of perplexing question. Do I take the bag in New York or do I take a little bit less to team up with Derek Rhodes in Chicago, Luau Dang, Joaquin Noah, and make a good run at a championship? He chose the bag. Now, seeing what happened to Derek Rose, and obviously their chances of winning a chip, you know, Joaquin got hurt a few times, Lou Ardain's been hurt. When you look about that, you're like going, initially like going, damn, Carmelo, you could have had a ring. But now in retrospect, you realize, no, you wouldn't have because everybody was hurt anyway. Hmm. So you wouldn't have had a ring and you would have had less money. So we got what Carmelo's importance was in terms of ranking. He wanted the bag and it worked out for him because the alternative wasn't going to pan out. For Kyle Kuzma, it's very similar. You stay with the Lakers, you're probably going to win two or three chips. I mean, it just is what it is, where the squad is, 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 is constructed. But you're not going to average 20 points a game and get all the shots on the way to those championships. Now, we can send you to New York. We could send you to, I don't know, Orlando or some other team that's kind of meddling around. And you could get all the shots and all the buckets you want, but you may never sniff a finals ever again. But you'll have the bag, and you'll be the man. So it's like, what do you want? All right. Listen, I, I want to talk more about this because I've got to throw something at you, LZ. I mentioned to you last week playing fantasy basketball. Drafted last night, and I want you to grade my roster. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah, it is Sedano and LZ. Kaplan in for Sedano. 3 nothing Cincinnati over Pittsburgh right now in Monday Night Football with three minutes to go in the first quarter. Mm. LZ, let me ask you a quick question. Yes, sir. So last year, about this time, well, I, I wasn't exactly this calendar time, but as we were getting ready for the tip of the NBA season, I heard a lot of chatter that people thought the Clippers were better than the Lakers. I heard people say roster-wise, top to bottom, they're better. Coach to coach, they're better. Front office to front office, the Clippers are the better team. And we all saw what happened this past year. Am I wrong here in thinking that there's no buzz whatsoever. Like the Clipper buzz, the Kawhi buzz, that thing is long gone, and there's more Laker confidence and not any Clipper fear of any kind. What do you say to that? I, I would agree with you based upon just what I've been hearing from fellow reporters as well as you know NBA insiders and, and, and execs is that the Lakers coming off of a championship in which they only lost five games in the postseason – are better than they were last year. They're younger. Obviously, they have more cohesiveness because they've had a chance to play together a little bit longer. But they also have just added more talent. <laughs> just more talent upgrades at all the key positions. So when you think about that in comparison to what the Clippers did this offseason, which, you know, Serge Ibaka versus Montrez Harrell, um, Trez is a better uh, offensive player, Serge is a better defensive player. Almost a wash. Almost. Um, I still give the edge to Serge as a player overall. But the reality is that most people felt that the Clippers needed a traditional point guard to settle their offense down in critical moments in the situation, which didn't occur during those three games that they lost against Denver. They didn't go out and get that point guard. When I interviewed Ty Lue, Cap, he said they didn't need a traditional point guard. So I, I feel because of the huge upgrade that the Lakers unexpectedly made, compounded with the moves that the Clippers, the expected moves that the Clippers didn't make, mm -hmm. I think that is a huge reason why people are so in love now with the Lakers and are kind of lukewarm on the Clippers, though the Clippers are still number two in terms of you know people assuming they'll win a championship and certainly come out of the West. If it's not the Lakers, then it would be the Clippers. But I think the gap between the Clippers and the Lakers is more significant this season starting tomorrow than it was last season. Yeah, and if the preseason is any indication, which it may or it may not be, but I mean, the Clippers, I mean, they, they did Look, there was no AD and there was no LeBron in those games. And it was THT and Kuz and all the new guys, for the most part, that were winning those games. Let me throw this at you, though, LZ. I've never played fantasy basketball. Have you ever played that? I have not played fantasy basketball. Fantasy football? I've fantasy footballed. I've only played fantasy football twice, and both times I lost my attention span, like third, fourth week of the season. So I just don't have the attention span for it. <laughs> it's but a lot. 
I did do a fantasy basketball draft yesterday because I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to dive in. So here's my team. I want you to tell me what you think of my team. You let me know. You ready? Okay. I got Steph Curry. Okay. With my first pick. It's not bad. Okay. I got Jamal Murray in my backcourt to go with Steph Curry. What do you think of those two? Um, as players or as fantasy players? Um, well, I'm 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 sort of trying to win. Well, yeah. I'm not. I'm not quite sure how Jamal is going to help you out fantasy wise. However, I don't know what the order was. I don't know who else is available. So maybe you just got the best you could. I think Jamal Murray is a top thirty player who's destined for the All Star game this year. So you know, maybe he'll fill up the stat sheet for you. But I don't think he's a stat sheet filler, in my opinion. Well, if I'm being completely honest with the LZ, you know, the, I was on the clock. There was a minute thirty to go on the clock. And I just felt like everybody, first of all, there were a couple guys in this draft that were auto-picking. Auto-picking is rude, just so we're all clear on fantasy uh, etiquette. If you're not going to be part of the draft and you're going to auto-pick, that means everybody else has to sit around and wait two minutes or a minute 30 for you (laughs) while you're not there doing something else. And I'm sitting around like a jerk. So I took Jamal Murray. I think I may have panicked a little bit. I I have Michael Porter Jr. How do you like that pick? man. What are you doing? <laughs> I was in I was in panic mode, man. Sweet Jesus. Wait, wait, was that your third pick was Michael Porter Jr.? No, I don't think so. I don't have my order of picks, but I'm just filling out my roster. I'm just letting you know who I got. Okay. I got Siakam. What do you guys think of Siakam? You like him? I don't know how your fantasy league is scoring. Um in other words, I don't know like threes made, do those count? I think points are one point, rebounds are one point two, and assists are one point five. I don't I don't mind Siakam. I don't. I don't mind Siakam. I don't know what order he was picked in, but um who who else you got? <laughs> well, I wanna say this. It got down to the end of the draft. Okay? Oh, Lord, got, Greg, it, you it, know what this means. Not gonna be fun. It's not gonna be fun. <laughs> go ahead, Cap. <laughs> I got late into the draft, okay? Oh, Lord. Go I ahead. got late into the draft, and I decided I don't have any Lakers on my team, and I want some Lakers on my team. Oh, God. So you know who I got? I got the new $40 million man. I got Kuz on my team. I got Kuz, but then it got real late in the draft, and he was still on the board. So you know who I took? I took THT. I got Kuz and THT on my fantasy team lz so you got a guy who may have six games of 10 rebounds or more in his career and a second year player who likely was not going to play a great deal of minutes especially early in the season all right so so far you don't like my team clearly i'm just a little concerned for you Cap. yeah well you started so strong I know, so strong. I, I feel like I got Steph and I got Jamal Murray, and I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm probably doing pretty well. That's, I actually felt like my team was pretty stacked. That's top 30 Jamal Murray to uh, LZ over there. I've already told him that. And, oh, by the way, um, SI has him in the top 30. ESPN has him in the top 30. I believe Bleach Report has him in the top 30. This is all after I said he was in the top 30. So you were you were ahead of your time then, according to all those guys. I'm just saying, I kind of know the basketballs. Yeah, a little bit, but I, the CHT could be good in like two years. No, 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 no. He's going to progressively get more minutes as the season goes on. Trust that dude with that body strength and defensive willingness. 
when Frank Vogel told you he was tearing it up in practice, you need to close your eyes and ask yourself, who is he tearing up against? Because those are the dudes who are going to lose their minutes. <laughs> He's not doing it against LeBron and AD. So that means everybody after that can get got. And I think he's got enough talent to progressively go from a spot player to any rotation come All-Star break. I honestly believe that. Well, tomorrow night, it is Lakers and Clippers in Game 1, and you'll hear all the action here on 710. But coming up next, it's the Sean McVay Show. Who does Coach McVay blame for everything that went wrong yesterday against the Jets? And then coming up, Playoff Sliwa has Kyle Kuzma for some Laker talk coming your way at 7.30. For Laura and Greg and LZ, we're back tomorrow at 4. Until then, this is Scott Kaplan saying, peace.